Round nine just finished up in the AFLW. We've got one round to go before the finals get underway. Joining us down the line to talk all about it is AFLW expert and award-winning journalist, Sarah Black. Sarah, good, uh, good evening. Good evening, Matt. How are you going? I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, good, good. As you said, only one round left of the AFLW home and away season. So looking forward to seeing how the final ladder shapes out. Well... Fremantle, they won't be uh, making a uh, making uh, an appearance in this year's final the finals. They won't be taking part. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't had a great season to remember. But geez, it was great to see Ebony Antonio out in the park and just playing so well. Uh, Fifteen possessions, kicked a goal. Uh, it was just uh, it was great to see. It really was, and I think uh, the news that we've learnt in the last couple of days about uh, Ebony Telstra around her half so the reason that she was out um, for the season was the knee injury but she was also dealing with a bit of a heart issue that um, that she kept private up until now so the fact that she's been able to, to overcome that after a small procedure um, her knee's right and you know she's such an amazing athlete so it's great to see her back on the full field and she just helped reshape that Fremantle um, structure enormously. How do you rate Fremantle's season as you look back on it one game to go they won't be taking part in finals, as we just mentioned. How do you rate their season? Yeah, it's really tough to get a read on. I was thinking about this last night, actually. Um, you know, if it was... If they hadn't had the amount of injuries to the, to the calibre of players that they have, um, you would have instantly marked down the season as an absolute horror. Um, but, you know, the, you can't get around the fact that with squads of 30, if you're constantly missing eight or nine players, it's going to make things incredibly difficult throw in, as I said, the calibre of players who have been missing. And it's just really hard to get an accurate read on, on what's sort of gone wrong at the Dockers. Um, so I can't really give you a simple answer. But, um, but yeah, it's just going to be one of those seasons, I think, for Fremantle. OK, what about for the West Coast Eagles? They went down here in Perth to the Western Bulldogs on the weekend. The Doggies will be playing finals footy. 55-23 uh, to 23 was the final score. How do you reflect on West Coast season with one game to go? With a fair bit of positivity, actually. Um, you know, there's a lot of unknowns around West Coast coming into the season. They turned over half their list. They had a huge amount of kids. And you just weren't sure, um, you know, how the draftees were going to go, how those girls in their second season, but still their first year of footy, um, how they were going to perform, how they were going to back up in the tail end of the year. Um, but they've done really well. I think we can see that the bones are there for the Eagles. Um, they're in a good shape going forward. There's still going to be some rough patches, um, but I'm much more positive about the Eagles now than I was a couple of months ago. Okay. And none of the new teams will be playing finals this year, Sarah, or in Season 7, I should say. Who out of the new teams, though, has impressed you the most? It's hard to go past the Bombers in terms of sheer scoring power. Um, they've shown that they can really take it up to... For some of the teams who are pushing for finals, they, you know, they went with Richmond all the way till the end and just dropped short. Um, and and they've shown it; they've been they can be very very dangerous. I think uh, Hawthorne's calibre of of young kids coming through. Um, I think that's been a big tick for the Hawks. We weren't quite again we weren't quite sure how they were going to adjust to AFLW footy, having only just played um, against people their own age. Um, and Port Adelaide, I think, do have a really big upside as well. It's, it's just been a really tough year for the Swans, unfortunately. All right, let's get into round number nine and some of the big games. So it was Adelaide just getting up 
over Geelong in a quality matchup. Two points, the final margin, 30 to 28, the final score. What did you make of the first game of round number nine? Yeah, this was an amazing game. I really enjoyed this one. Um, you know, it was the Cats, the question mark coming into it was how they were going to go um, up against the sternest test today. But they did really, really well. They pushed them all the way to the line. Um, and the Crows, just that little bit of polish, little bit of experience got them in the end. But I think the Cats will come away with this with their heads held high. They'll be pretty happy with what they've achieved. Mm. Uh, Gold Coast defeating Carlton 42-15 to was the final score. Gold Coast just missing out on finals this year, although mathematically I guess they are still a very, very minor chance. Uh, Kangaroos, they got the job done against Collingwood. A very good win there for North Melbourne, Sarah. Yes, they did. It was some of the best footy I've seen from North Melbourne. I've watched them closely over the years. Obviously, being in Victoria, I can get to quite a few of their games. Um, And the form that they turned on in the second quarter, you know, Collingwood's defence has been its hallmark of its season thus far. You know, they've been a top-four side for the vast majority of the year. Um, But the Roosters absolutely carved them up. Um, In that second quarter, they piled on five goals in 15 minutes and showed just how dangerous they can be. Um, And they've thrown the top four race wide open now. So it was a a really important result in the context of the season. Jazz Garner, 27 possessions and a goal to her name. Uh, A fantastic effort. It was the Dockers defeating Sydney over in Sydney, as we mentioned, the Doggies defeating West Coast. And then on Saturday evening, Brisbane just annihilating Hawthorne by 54 points. 61 to 7 was the final score. Can anyone... This season, beat the Brisbane Lions. Well, Richmond already did, but uh, they only just got over the line. It was a pretty close affair about a month ago. It was going to final day, actually, um, when the Tigers got the job done. In terms of the rest of the sides, uh, I think Melbourne have the best chance of knocking over the Lions. I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary there. They're the top two sides in the competition for a reason. But um, the, the depth of the of Brisbane's forward line is something that I think every single side has really struggled to counter this year. They're, they're so well drilled and they're really hungry too for that second flag. Richmond, uh, sorry, St Kilda defeating Port Adelaide 35-33 to was the final score. Then Richmond defeating GWS 58-15 to and Sarah, as you mentioned, the Tigers, a quality side, and they were led by Monconti yet again. 24 possessions and three goals. Is there anyone better in the AFLW competition from an individual standpoint than Monconti? Well, you mentioned the name just a little while ago in Jazz Garner. I think she's the one who's going to be Mon's biggest competition when it comes to the uh, the award for the best and fairest. Um, they're two very different players. Mon has, you know, she's a classic basketballer. She's got great agility, great vision. She can wheel her way out of packs, and, and she's now hitting the scoreboard. Uh, whereas Jazz is that big, bit taller, a bit bigger, and, you know, relies a bit more on power um, than Mon. Um, they're, they're two really quality players, and really exciting for the competition is that Mon's only 22. So we're going to be seeing her for the next 10 years, and, and I can't wait to see what she's going to produce. Mm. Uh, thoughts on the final game? Melbourne defeating the Bombers 50-9 to was the final score. Yeah, pretty comfortable win uh, by the D's here. They just it didn't have to be a very special outfit. You know, it wasn't really one particular. It was the down. It was just a, a um, steady, you know, death by thousand cuts sort of win. The, the wind in Casey um, was was absolutely wild. They played that side that game better than anyone else um, down in Casey, and uh, that prevented, I think, this from being a bit more of a blowout than it was. All right, so Sarah, uh, some great games to look forward to in round number 10. How do you see this top four playing out? Yeah, well, there's a few, you know, what ifs and, and 
simple when the scenario that most people are expecting to play out is that Brisbane will defeat Collingwood, um, and that'll shore up Brisbane's uh, spot as the minor premiers um, percentage dependent. And that'll leave the North Melbourne and Richmond game on Sunday afternoon as the one to decide the final spot in the top four, with uh, Melbourne and Adelaide taking second and third. So that'll be the one to watch if, if you're looking for a game on Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that one. Okay. And uh, finally, who comes away with the leading goal kicker award? Does uh, Jessie Wardlaw hold on? Yeah, I think she will. Um, you know, Kate Hall is sort of coming hard, but she does have some issues with inaccuracy at times. Um, and, and Kate Shield is also, you know, thereabouts, but I think she'll find the going pretty tough against Adelaide. So I think uh, Wardlaw will deservedly take it out after a really consistent Sarah, it's been a pleasure chatting on the program this afternoon. Thank you very much for taking the time and enjoy the rest of your day. No worries, will do. Thank you. There she goes, Sarah Black, award-winning AFLW journalist. I thank her for her time on the program this afternoon.